Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, July 9th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. On today's show, we are going to be uh, pretty locked in on the NBA Summer League that's going on in Las Vegas. We've got five Michigan State Spartans participating in Summer League, uh, all to sort of varying degrees of importance, success, playing time. Uh, It really runs the gamut, what we've got here. So what I want to do today is talk about some of that. We'll see what we can get to uh, in terms of you know, we'll start with Costello, try to get to Miles Bridges, and then we'll see where we're at from there. Uh, and then we'll kind of pick it up with Summer League later in the week. But today's going to be a Summer League uh, exclusive show talking about, you know, just the, the first half of the tournament as we're, you know, five days in, about halfway through the schedule. And we've kind of, you know, got a good idea of where these guys sit uh, in terms of their summer league roster. So we're going to do that on today's show. Just cruise through three segments doing that. Uh, reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the show. Uh, if you do not subscribe, subscribing is the easiest way to get these shows to your phone every single day that they are posted. And then if you uh, wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes, give a five-star rating, leave a review if you uh, so choose that stuff helps with the algorithms and all that. So please do that if you feel so inclined. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Uh, Another reminder, I'm still taking entries for uh, listeners joining the show for a segment you've heard, I think, three or four of them uh, so far. I just recorded another one yesterday, and that you will probably hear tomorrow on uh, Wednesday's show. So if you want to do that, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, email me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Send me a quick pitch, what you would talk about uh, if you are co-hosting a segment of Locked On Spartans with me. Just, you know, think of it 10, 15 minutes, what you would talk about. Uh, We've had a lot of success with like a a top three type thing, uh, which we'll continue with tomorrow. So if you want to think of it that way, your three favorite players, your three favorite moments, something along those lines uh, is usually pretty good for that. So if you want to do that, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, or you can DM me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter 1L2 underscore. Send me a DM. Uh, and, and do the same thing, just what you would want to talk about, and then we will go from there. Definitely going to be taking submissions throughout the summer here as uh, we try to fill in these long days with not much going on. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into Summer League. Okay, so uh, I want to start with Matt Costello because he's in a really interesting spot. I think all the Michigan State guys are something interesting to talk about with all of them. Uh, But I want to start with Costello because we haven't really talked about him a ton because he's been out of the program for a few years. And, uh, you know, it's just, I guess, not quite as as recent as, you know, McQuaid, Goins, Ward. Uh, There's a little bit more unknown with those guys, whereas, you know, Costello is kind of, I don't know, a known quantity professionally. And maybe it's not as exciting. Maybe the potential uh, ceiling isn't quite there for him. And so you kind of forget about it and like, oh, what's he up to? Oh, yeah, that's cool. 
So Matt Costello, uh, after playing with Michigan State for four years, uh, has really been primarily a G League guy. Uh, He's got a handful of appearances in the NBA with the San Antonio Spurs. I think he's played uh, in four games, a total of 32 minutes, something along those lines. So not much NBA experience, but, you know, he, he dipped his toe in the water. He got the proverbial cup of coffee in the NBA, but primarily has been a G League player. Last year, he was overseas in Italy's top league, uh, although he was injured and missed a, a good portion of the season. So kind of a, a throwaway-ish type year for him, but still uh, is in a spot, you know, where he's well thought of enough uh, in terms of an NBA future to get an invite to the summer league. He joined the Pistons roster late. He probably had a couple of suitors and was just sort of seeing how things were shaking out, what type of offer he would get, where was the opportunity going to be the best for him. And so he ends up with the Pistons in the summer league and he's in a very interesting spot. So the Pistons NBA roster has on it uh, just a couple of centers and really only one actual going to be a center. Uh, That's Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond is the starting center for the Pistons. He will be the starting center for the Pistons uh, regardless of any other situation unless he gets hurt. Uh, Behind him, though, things are a lot murkier. Uh, Thon Maker is technically a center, and Markeith Morris is a guy who has played center in small ball lineups. Uh, There are other power forwards on the team, although uh, the Pistons are really loaded with wings. They've got a couple point guards, a couple shooting guards, 19,000 wings, and then a couple bigs. Um, So it's just, it's an interesting roster. It's a really modern roster in terms of uh, positionless basketball switchability uh, and just being really versatile. So you know, there, uh, there's a spot available at the backup center. I think Thonmaker is going to get some time there for the Pistons, and we'll see how it shakes out for him. But he will also play power forward at times, and he's still someone who is thought of to have somewhat of a ceiling. He has an interesting skill set, but has yet to really put it together at the NBA level consistently. And so there's probably a handful, 8 to 10 minutes of backup center minutes right now that they need to fill. And there are options out there in the NBA world. They have a cap hold with Zaza Pachulia. I don't think they will be doing that. There are free agent centers uh, at the NBA level now that are going to sign a million dollars, veterans minimum, uh, really short, one-year you know, one low-cost deals to fill in roster spaces. Uh, there sounds like there's going to be some buyouts. I think Timofey Mozgov is getting bought out. He's another center, although I don't really think he can play in the NBA. There are professional options for the Pistons to fill out that center spot. And then there's Matt Costello. And I think going into summer league, he probably got some word like, hey, you know, if you come here, there's some interest in a backup center spot. You could, in theory, make the back end of this roster and be someone who occasionally plays you know suits up in 60 or 70 games uh, and gets some minutes and you know that's that's good money that's a good job that's a, a very nice year paycheck and a chance to prove yourself earn a, a maybe a two-year deal worth a couple million dollars if you do really well uh, and then you're on your way and so I think that's kind of the situation Costello found himself in perhaps why he chose Detroit he's from Michigan too so there may be some of that but uh, he comes into Summer League with the Pistons. He's their starter in the first game, starter every game so far at center, and has done really well. 
Uh, he's been, you know, not spectacular, but really consistent. You know, first game, 11, 8, and 2. Second game, he goes for 10, 8, and a blocked shot. And then against Indiana last night, he goes for 20 points, 8 rebounds, uh, 2 blocked shots. Uh, so he's been somewhat productive. And, you know, uh, production's not everything in summer league. You want to see how guys fit in if they're able to uh, move well defensively, if they have what it takes to be an NBA player. Uh, summer league can give you an idea of who is ready to get a shot in the NBA, who uh, deserves a look in the NBA. Can't tell you if you're an NBA player because you're not going against NBA players. It's very good basketball. It is a significant step down from NBA level talent. And, you know, Costello's really done well to, uh, he's really done everything he can through three summer leagues, summer league games so far to put himself in position to make the team. That's not to say he's going to make the team, or I think he's uh, a good bet to make the team. I think right now, he is for sure going to go to training camp with them. I just based on this, based on things that I've seen said or, or you know, people around the team, uh, reporters, people who know the team uh, better than I do, who have said things. Uh, it seems to be the reaction around him has been positive and it's worth at least a training camp invite. Uh, who knows how things shake out with those two way contracts. We've talked about them before that they are taken up uh, by Lewis King and Jordan Bone, two rookies. King has not been very good at all. I know he's gotten some critical marks. I don't know if Costello's worth giving that two-way contract to instead of someone like King, but that's an option uh, as well. But at the very least, I think he's earned himself a spot in training camp and a chance to compete in the preseason to show that he can be an NBA player uh, and someone who can eat minutes for you and not screw everything up and be worth a, a back end of the roster spot. When you're talking about backup center minutes, when you're talking about the 12th, 13th, 14th guys on rosters, there are certain things that can help you sort of stick around there. Uh, I think Costello's energy is one. He's going to be a consistent player night in, night out. We've seen that at Michigan State. If you watch the summer league, you can see that uh, he's not someone who's ever going to loaf or be lazy. Uh, he's someone who's going to, you know, the, the upside is capped. The ceiling's not there, uh, but the floor is relatively high for someone of his pedigree. And that matters for end of the bench guys. He's not going to be someone who's causing any sort of issues, not someone who's going to have bad breakdowns because he's just not trying. I uh, think he's above a role at the back end of the bench, and that can happen sometimes in the NBA. So I think he just sort of fits it from an intel, intan, intangible standpoint. Uh, and then, you know, just in terms of what he does on the court, he moves well enough defensively. That's going to be the big thing that perhaps holds him back. He's moving well enough in summer league. There's been spots where he's been a little bit slow and that's going to be the concern as things ramp up at the NBA. Is he going to be fast enough to be able to switch consistently on pick and rolls to be able to defend in the NBA without getting into foul trouble? And again, if you're a backup center, you got six fouls. Uh, and if you're only playing eight to 10 minutes, that's six good hard fouls that you can throw in there to be able to defend as well as you can prevent the other team from scoring and if you pick up a foul it's okay because you're not relied upon to play 28 to 32 minutes like Andre Drummond is so that's something to watch moving forward he's done really well in the pick and roll uh whether you know it doesn't matter who he's he's doing it with uh Makai Luke Brown Kyrie Thomas um they've all done well with him he's always been someone who could finish well 
through contact in traffic. Not super explosive, but is strong. It's good body control and nice touch around the rim to be able to finish. He's good in the dunker spot. Uh, He's really done a good job screening. He sets good screens and he gets to the rim efficiently, catches the ball well, and then finishes. He's had a number of and ones throughout uh, the first three games that he's looked really good. And that's sort of, I think, what you could expect from a guy like Cutsell. Just a consistent uh, presence, effort, energy. He's going to rebound. He's going to block shots. Uh, and he'll be able to score in traffic, offensive rebound. And uh, you could do a lot worse than that in the NBA for your backup center. And I think he, as someone who deserves that shot, some consistent time in the NBA, we'll see if he gets it with the Pistons. I'm sure there are plenty of teams seeing what he's doing, the numbers that he's putting up, the way he's playing, and saying, hey, if the Pistons uh, assign him to the G League or try to stash him, this could be a guy that we could come in and swipe uh, and add to the back end. Of our roster, so we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, they're about halfway through. The next few games are going to be really important for him if he can continue to do this, continue to be productive, be an impact player, and a consistent presence on the defensive end. He could really uh, get himself a, a, a true chance in the NBA. Uh, he didn't, you know, with those Spurs teams, they're really good Spurs teams, uh, and he, he wasn't really going to have a shot to play too many impactful minutes for a team like that. Uh, but he might be able to finally get that first real NBA chance uh, thanks to his performance here in the Summer League. All right, let's take a break right there. When we get back, I want to talk about Miles Bridges. Uh, he's done some really interesting things and I think uh, made some really uh, really nice improvements that can help him uh, long-term here as he moves into his second NBA season. Guys, it is 2019 in these days. Shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat, and with Twillery, they don't. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking the beer in your fridge. It's easy, affordable, and you get the perfect fit, guaranteed. Twillery offers non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. And even better, they have free shipping and returns. Free shipping and returns. One more time, free shipping and returns. They send you a shirt, try it on. If you don't like it, you send it right back. No questions asked, no cost to you. You can try on some Twills risk-free. Right now, you can get $25 off your first Twillery purchase by going to twillery.com slash locked on and entering the promo code locked on. And again, I'm just going to emphasize, go to Twillery, check out their shirts. Uh, These things sell themselves. You don't need a bad ad read for me to tell you that these are great shirts. Just go check them out. They're really cool shirts. They're really nice. uh, And you're going to want to get one if you just go check them out. So twillery.com slash locked on promo code locked on for $25 off your first order. One more time, twillery.com slash locked on promo code locked on. You can get Locked On Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked On Spartans. Let's talk about Miles Bridges, huh? Uh, This happens a lot in the NBA. Someone like Miles, uh, it happened with Gary Harris, uh, sort of Adrian Payne, although his career didn't pan out. Uh, guys go to the NBA and then they just kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Maybe they're on a mediocre team, not making headlines, uh, and we don't really hear a ton about them because the NBA is such a star league and a big team league. If you're not a star, if you're not on a big team, if you're not playing in the playoffs, uh, you could be anonymous for a really long time 
even if you're a really good player, like someone like Evan Fournier, who's been a really good NBA player for a while, nobody knows he exists because he plays on Orlando. Um, so Miles kind of had a little bit of an anonymous first season. He had the slam dunk contest, didn't go well for him. I think he ended up third. Uh, so that was a chance for him to kind of grab some attention, grab some highlights, had some big plays, some big dunks. So there's a little bit of a reputation like this dude's athletic can hammer on anybody, has huge blocks on the other end. But beyond that, there really wasn't much there just because Charlotte was mediocre and uninteresting. The most interesting thing about Charlotte was where is Kemba Walker going to play next season? That was the storyline for them. Uh, and now that that's all shaken out, Kemba's gone uh, and Charlotte is going from a team that was fighting for an eight seed to going to be at the top of the lottery. They're going to be picking in the top five. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA next season. And they're in cap hell. They're up against it this year. They Their salary cap is full and it's just a bad team. And so this year, Charlotte is going to be doing a lot of figuring out what they have in their young guys. They have Malik Monk, Kevin uh, Bacon. It's not Kevin Bacon. I can't believe uh, I just did that. Dwayne Bacon, not Kevin Bacon, Dwayne Bacon. Uh, <laughs> so, the, and Miles. And they got to see what they have in these young guys. They need to know who's going to be playing a part in the rebuild. It's rebuild time in Charlotte. And when you've got a, a few young players with some intrigue, you got to see what they can do. Uh, you got to sort of throw them into the fire and know what type of player you could have here, what type of developmental path they're going to be on. Is this person uh, a solid rotational player? Is this person a starter on a decent team? Is this person uh, a fringe all-star? You got to find that stuff out as you sort of go through the rebuilding process. And Charlotte's going to have a couple of uh, high picks here in the next couple of years in the NBA draft. And they need to know, do I need to get a point guard? Do I need to get a, a wing? Do we need a center? Who is going to fill what role? So it's an interesting time for Miles in Charlotte. It's going to be a tough year, but he's going to have more of an opportunity. So it's a big year for him. We've seen that so far through Summer League. Uh, and I'm not surprised that Miles played or is playing in Summer League just because they're going to be looking to... Uh, have him play more power forward this season. Uh, he's going to be more of a focal point in the offense. Uh, he's going to be someone that they rely on a lot more than they did last year. And so when you have situations like that, sort of a position change type thing, an increased role, a different role, guys will play in summer league when they're still young. <clears throat> and that's what we've been seeing so far with Miles. He's been uh, uh, far and away Charlotte's best player, you can tell. He's an NBA player compared to some of the guys out there. He's just a different level athlete, and that sticks out. He's been handling the ball a lot more uh, in transition. He's really pushing a lot and has done some nice things. Has had some highlight plays, some big dunks, some really special moves, uh, layups, things you come to expect with Miles. Uh, a nice sign is after the first game, he looked apprehensive to shoot at times. There's one point where he turned out. A, turned down a wide open three on the wing and went to dribble drive and traveled before he could even get the ball on the floor. And so that was bad. Ended up over three in that game from three. Uh, comes back the second game, looks a lot better, shoots it a lot better. I think he ended up five of nine from three in the second game and scored 20 something points and, and really filled up the stat sheet. So 
Uh, there's been some good there. The shot needs to come around for him. Uh, he needs to jump up from 33.5% or 33%. I think he shot it from three last year. Uh, he needs to get up into the 36, 37 range this year, which I think he can do. He was an 80 ish percent free throw shooter. His second year in college, um, shot free throws. Okay. Last year, you know, it's a transition to the NBA can be tough, and that's why you look at different stats in college to say, okay, this guy's going to be able to translate, but it might take a year or two. Miles is still sort of on the fringe. Is his shot going to be able to translate? I think it can. I think it's looked. it looks a lot better. Uh, there might be nights where he struggles with it, uh, the confidence, it's just not there, and then there are going to be nights like the second summer league game where he's shooting 5 of 9 from deep, he's a confident player, and he's just uh, a different level of guy on offense. That's something that's going to come around. He's going to take a lot more shots this year, and I think with that, with that renewed confidence, with the knowledge like, hey man, this is kind of your show, Miles, we got to see what you are, you're going to be, we need 20 and 10 type numbers from you. We think you could be an 18-12 guy, 18-8, get some block shots, get some assists, be an energy guy, huge highlight plays. Uh, And so with that, you hope comes some confidence with him, confidence in the shot. I think it'll come, but uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. What's really interested me the most with Miles is his ability off the dribble has improved tremendously since Michigan State. We all remember the Dan Dockich crap. The, he doesn't have game because he didn't, you know, break people down off the dribble. He didn't have that second dribble. Uh, he would dribble into a person, start the drive, and if he couldn't straight line drive and just blow through somebody, uh, he wasn't going to be able to make much of it. Guys could it was a loose dribble at times. Guys could po- poke the ball away from him, and you know he relied a lot on athleticism and, and just shooting threes in college, which he did really well his second year, and that stuff is. It's a, it's night and day. Um, he had an in and out dribble, completely broke somebody down, got them on their heels, uh, and just barreled into the rim, like through the person who was backing off him, uh, and finished through traffic. He's had another nice take for like from the top of the key where he's just taking it strong, uh, putting the ball on his hip there, sort of that running back barge through thing, and then separating with athleticism, finding space and hitting that little fall away layup leaner type thing from about five feet. He's done that. Um, you know, he, he's dribbled into the lane, made moves, uh, had two nice spin moves in the lane uh, that led to layups his first game. He's distributed the ball really well. I think Miles is, is going to be a really good passer. He makes some really nice, difficult passes. They're like for it's like how Draymond Green passes. Like they're 100 miles an hour. They're crisp passes in the right spot. He had one where it was the the guy Charlotte wasn't even expecting it, and he threw it really hard. It, it was like maybe a little too hot, um, but it was a really nice pass off a really nice move to a wide open guy. And it like hit him in the hands and off his face and went to the other team because he just wasn't expecting it. You know, with time, with proper NBA teammates, they're going to be expecting that. They're going to be looking for that. Uh, And so I think Miles has more playmaker in him than I uh, originally would have pegged him for heading out of Michigan State because that was sort of a problem with him was how high is his upside? Is he just going to be a three and D guy? He's always going to be, he's going to be able to defend. He's going to be someone who by the end of this season is going to be looked at as like, Hey, Miles Bridges might be an all defense team, all second team, all defense type guy. We should probably pay attention to that. Uh, who knows? 
how that'll shake out because he's again going to be on a bad team in Charlotte and that's you know all defense for as much as they want to recognize the best defenders it's usually the best defenders on good teams um but Miles should be getting recognition for that and 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 going into his third season I would say he's a threat to make an all defensive team for sure that's that was always going to be there uh you you thought the three-point shooting had a chance to come around and translate to the NBA level and if he could shoot 36 percent from three on decent volume uh, have big highlight dunks, play great defense. That's a guy who can stick around in the NBA for a while and be a nice 3 and D wing some eth- with some explosive athleticism uh, that'll play in the NBA for a while. And that was sort of, I think, some people thought his ceiling. That's kind of where it was. Maybe he was a high floor, low ceiling type guy because off the bounce, off the dribble, and in terms of playmaking, he just wasn't that guy at Michigan State. But if you watch him in summer league, it's coming. Uh, it's certainly coming along that I don't know if it's going to translate to the NBA. We'll have to wait until the NBA season to see it, but he's gotten a lot better. He's a lot craftier off the dribble. He's still a power player. He still wins with power and athleticism, but there's more skill there. You can tell he's been working on it. The whole second dribble thing that being non-existent, that's not a thing anymore. Um, I know it's not really fair, but like if you could stick Miles back into college after like this version of Miles would be going into his senior season, if you could stick him back into college here, uh, there's not a single person in the world who would say he doesn't have game. Uh, he would be able to easily break down college defenders, beat them off the dribble, make plays, hit shots, and be the most dynamic, explosive, incredible player in college basketball if this version of Miles was heading into college basketball. Now, you don't get to have that because the professional development certainly helped uh, develop these skills, but they're coming. And that's the exciting thing. I don't know, you know, if Miles will be able to put that all together at the NBA level and become somebody who can score 20 points a night, average 8 to 10 rebounds, average 4 assists, be a really great defensive player, and be someone who, like, in two years uh, is a threat to potentially make an all-star team. I don't know if Miles is a potential all-star, but if he is, it's going to be because he improves on this sort of thing and the ball is going through his hands. If he does that... Next season, if he shows a lot more promise, is making more plays, is doing stuff off the dribble as well as all the stuff he did his rookie season, Charlotte's going to build around him. And they're going to think they got a guy that's worth building around for a while. uh, And he's going to get a nice rookie extension and he's going to be a really important player on their team for a while. Uh, And if he can improve even more off of that and be a dynamic power forward who can switch one through five and do all sorts of crazy things and is a solid player offensively, doesn't have to be an elite offensive player, but is just a solid offensive player who can give you a 20 a night while playing elite defense. Like miles could be an all-star and that'd be really cool to see, but that is a long ways off from here. This is like a baby step towards that, ideal scenario for miles but he did take the baby step he's taking the baby steps he's showing it in summer league we'll have to see what translates as the nba season gets going all right let's break right there when we get back uh we'll talk a little bit about nick ward um just a few minutes on him, and then we'll do more on Ward later in the week as well. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans, the new Himalaya podcast app. And you can also find this show on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's talk about Nick Ward. Uh, he's in an interesting spot. Uh, he got an opportunity that he probably wouldn't have normally gotten. When he started for Atlanta's G League team, or I guess their Summer League team, uh, in the first game of Summer League. And so the NBA has 
these weird rules with trades and they can't be processed until X amount of time. And so all these draft day trades, you have guys walking up with the wrong hat on, with the wrong jersey, taking a picture for a team that traded their rights um, the week before and they're two teams off from where they actually need to be. And it's a whole weird thing. Well, the other side of that is that those guys who are traded, those rookies who are traded through the draft, aren't officially acquired by their teams until a couple days after Summer League gets going. And especially with three-team deals uh, that are more complicated, trades that are done later in the process, like the moratorium's lifted and the NBA league office has to do trade calls with every single trade to get them approved. So sometimes your trade call, if it's a complicated trade, isn't even on the docket until a couple days after the moratorium lifts. And so trades and, and things like that are still being finalized. And what that means is guys who have been traded, whose draft rights were swapped, they don't sign up or they're not on their team. They don't start summer league with the rest of the team. And so Atlanta was missing a handful of guys, Bruno Fernando from uh, Maryland, the center, and DeAndre Hunter, the number four overall pick who they acquired during draft day trades, were not with the team when they started Summer League. So Nick Ward got a start in Summer League. And that is an opportunity that I think he really took advantage of. He had a nice professional debut, finished three of five, six points, I think five rebounds, a couple assists, a block shot, and a steal uh, with maybe a turnover or two. Uh, and I thought he looked better than I thought he was going to. Uh, the biggest thing I worry about with Nick is moving defensively at this level. Uh, but he looked locked in. He looked engaged. He did a really good job uh, showing on screens. Uh, you know, pick and roll comes. He went through a ton of pick and rolls. Uh, pick and roll would come and he would show really hard on the guy and they would sort of quick double the guard and then Nick would prevent the pass from the rolling big and then the guy guarding the guard would slide back over and Nick would quick and hurry up and get back to his big that that classic hedge and quick double and then get back to your guy pick and roll defense and he was doing it really well Uh, he was showing really hard he's a big body he was getting right up into the guy coming off the screen so they had absolutely no room to operate and it gave uh, the other defender time to recover and get back into position and then Nick Uh, did a good job preventing the passing lane to a rolling big and then ran back and got onto his man and, you know, successfully defended the pick and roll. He did that a number of times and that has to be automatic. If you're going to play in the NBA, you have to be able to do that really well. He ran into trouble a couple spots, which uh, some aren't concerning at all. Some are a little bit that he's going to have to get better at. One was just a missed rotation, um, and it was like the third rotation or fourth rotation. And with summer league teams that haven't been together very long, the communication's just not there. The rotation, you're not locked into how the team plays team defense at that point. Team defense mistakes are pretty common in summer league. And so that wasn't overly concerning with him. Something that was more concerning was his man, Uh, was in the corner and Nick was one foot in the post, one foot out of the post, kind of out of position. His guy uh, hit like after he shot the three or he missed this one, but he he made one later. And uh, they said like he was a 37% shooter, 38% three point shooter in whatever league he was in previously. Like when you have a big like that in the corner uh, who shoots that percentage from three, Nick's got to know that he can't be 15 feet away from him because the guy caught it. Nick went to contest, was way late on the contest, and the guy had a wide open three that he missed. Uh, but that's still, you know, that's a loss in terms of defensive work. Uh, he had another time where he was switched on a pick and roll um, 
fully switched, didn't hedge it and back off. They fully switched, and he ended up guarding Matt Farrell, a little point guard from Notre Dame, you might remember, uh, and Farrell blew right by him, uh, and, and Nick was just a step too slow and couldn't get around him to uh, block the shot. And that's going to happen with him. That's something that right now is is the biggest weakness in his defensive game. And that's something that, you know, he needs a year of professional development, not just in terms of playing the game and skill development. He needs to work on his body, his athleticism, and get into professional shape so he doesn't have that happen to him when he's got a smaller guy switched on him so he doesn't just get washed by like that so he's able to corral guys better. Um, Other than that, though, he did some really nice things. Like I said, he defended the pick and roll well. He uh, was really strong on help side, uh, on help defense, weak side defense. He had a really nice explosive block shot in one where he kind of didn't come out of nowhere, but he really tracked the ball well, tracked the guy and swatted the shot. He had another one where he kind of just snatched an alley-oop attempt and just knocked it away, like totally neutralized the guy that was going up for it, was in position, got his hand in there and knocked it away. Had another steal. Uh, did some good things where he was disrupting passing lanes. There was a guy coming off a screen, uh, and Nick hedged on him really hard and basically corralled the guy, and he went to throw a pass to uh, someone on the wing, and because of Nick's defense, the guy didn't have a good passing lane. He threw the pass. It was ill-advised. It was picked off. You know, Nick doesn't get credit for a steal there, but he caused that steal, and Atlanta went the other way and scored. So I thought defensively he held up pretty well, did some nice things, made some nice impact plays on the defensive end. Uh, offensively, uh, he didn't have a, you know, it was, it's weird. He wasn't really involved. They tried to work him in the post. He got a couple touches, didn't do much with him, got stripped on one, missed a, like a fadeaway jumper from the elbow on another. Um, but what he did really well was crash the offensive glass. He got three offensive rebounds and three tip-ins off of those. One was a layup, two were tip dunks. And that's something where as he transitions to the next level, as his game takes time to catch up with NBA speed, he's going to have to make his hay on the glass. If he's someone who plays defense really hard, blocks shots, makes impact plays on defense, brings great effort, and crashes the offensive glass and just dunks, uh, can roll to the rim, move and transition like we know he can, then he can find a role in the G League uh, for a season and be able to develop. And once he gets that, uh, their skills there, they just need to be further developed. Nick can dribble the ball. Nick can uh, take it off the bounce a little bit. If you ever watched him in Moneyball, yes, it's Moneyball and the defending isn't great, but he has the ability to do that. He can finish her on the rim. He can do some athletic things. I, he can shoot. He just needs to do it more in a professional environment and be developed. He's a developmental project. But he's really big, he's really strong, he's really skilled, and I think he's a smart defender. And so I think there's stuff to work with. And he showed that in his first game, led the team, I think, in plus-minus. He was plus 13, plus 14, and the next closest player was plus 2. So he made a difference out there. Uh, And he was efficient with the ball on offense, made some nice passes as well, got a couple assists, and did some good things. He got his role reduced when those guys came back, Bruno Fernando and DeAndre Hunter. Um... Still did well in terms of the plus minus related to the team. Didn't, I think he had two points just on free throws, grabbed another handful of rebounds, uh, got some fouls, had some turnovers. He's going to have to do better with that. But so far, so good for Nick. Uh, I think he's, you know, long term developmental guy, a couple years, but he needs to do enough here in Summer League to prove that he's worth that investment. I think he's got himself off on the right foot there. All right. That is going to be it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening to today's Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow. I want to talk about 
Uh, Big Ten Media Days, who Michigan State is sending, why I think it is important, why I think it's interesting. And then we'll have that listener segment as well, uh, talking about some breakout candidates for the football team that will be on tomorrow's show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Hotels.com. Thanks to Twillery. Uh, reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the show if you haven't done that already. Back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Spartans. Until then, go green.